0: Welcome back to the Your Life, Your Way community. Thank you so much for being here. I'm your host, Kathleen McDermott. We are here at Your Life, Your Way to just cover exactly that. We spend way too much of our lives living and being and doing how the rest of the world thinks that we should and how we've learned to think that we should. Ladies, it's time to just kick that to the curb. Living life on your terms is exactly what you were born to do. It doesn't mean we shut everybody else out. It just means that... You begin to embrace the possibilities for your own life my guest today has done exactly that was it always easy no no nothing you know nothing worth it'll say nothing worth having is is meant to be easy well some things are some things aren't her journey has i i have found very intriguing sandy mckenna is my guest today she is the host of two podcasts unforgettable conversations and another great place she is filled with creativity curiosity and she's mesmerizing intriguing she's engaging and she's filled with infinite ideas about life and this is how she has navigated her path her curiosity has also led her to i find a very interesting and unique path so she is going to talk to us about that today and i hope it will inspire you to You know, maybe think what unique possibilities might you actually embrace and have a wonderful time with. Thank you for joining. Thank you for listening. And let's talk with Sandy. Sandy McKenna, I'm so glad to have you here this morning. And there's so many points of your life because I've already heard so much about your journey that I would love to have you share today thank you so much for being with me and with us oh thank you Kathleen I'm so happy to talk to you today could you start by telling us a little bit about your podcast you have the unforgettable conversations and then you have a new one coming which is called another great place which Mm -hmm. is very interesting
1: unforgettable conversations um was a podcast just started because I like talking to people and I like hearing their stories. I'm truly interested. My family calls me incredibly nosy, but (laughs) I see it as that I'm really interested. They're like, every time you meet somebody, you're interviewing them. And it's, I've always, I always wanted to be, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a reporter. I wanted to be Lois Lane. I, I, I fancied Uh, myself Lois Lane with the Superman. And I just loved writing. I loved telling stories. And so when it came time to do a podcast, a lot of things came out of, you know, came out of COVID and uh, Mm -hmm. were developed through that time. And so that, that was really one of them. And it was a, a matter of just talking to people. And I started with people I knew. Uh, or people that were referred to me and people that came to me and said, you know, I'm ready to start my, you know, tell my story. And that's how it started. And then uh, another great place is during, um, I used to do for over a decade, I was the host co-host of a show called um, midlife road trip. And we traveled Mm -hmm. all around the world and we knocked things off our bucket list and i had a business partner his name was his name is rick griffin and we went everywhere we started we met on twitter he is uh, a married dad of two grown girls and got three granddaughters right now and um, you know of course I'm married and, and with with a family and but we met on Twitter and we both had he had a, a television commercial company and so he made TV commercials and I had worked in producing segments for television at the time and so we were like this is he's got this great idea so he came down with his family and we met and said let's develop this idea about two middle-aged people traveling around, knocking things off their bucket list. And we did all kinds of amazing things. And we did it for more than a decade, but then COVID hit and everything stopped and Mm, we couldn't travel anymore. So I had to recreate, kind of recreate myself. And one of the things was podcasting and I love travel and I miss it. So that's where another great place came in is so now I'm going to co-host with a gal by the name of Jackie Silver, who I've known for decades as well. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about different locations, different places to travel, different apps to use, different um, tips and tricks and hacks you can use to travel. Every episode will have two destinations within a short driving distance of each other. And we tell you a little bit about the history and places to stay and eat and what to do while you're there.
0: I'm looking forward to that one. I'd like to do some more traveling myself. So i will definitely be interested in that one. And I really love you talk about how it was checking things off your bucket list, because that is huge. I'd love to have my bucket list and check things off. And I also found it interesting to, because quite often we think, oh gosh, you know, we haven't done anything in our life. We have, what have we done? But if you do a reverse bucket list pull up the list on Google, gives you all the suggestion, you know, a thousand ideas or bucket list and go through. And it's really amazing when you stop and go back and really look at your life, you have done a lot and you can check a lot off that you didn't really remember doing, you know, or didn't really put that much, I don't know, pride into it maybe. So I love hearing you talk about bucket lists because that's something that's important to me.
1: Yeah. And I I do that. Uh, A lot of times photo memories will come up and I'll think, oh my gosh, did I really ride mules down the highest sea cliffs on Molokai? I mean, yeah, I did. And, or did I drive a NASCAR, you know, like, oh my gosh, these are, and I'm the kind of person who's afraid of my own shadow. I'm afraid of everything. I'm a um, catastrophist, you know, (laughs) I, you know, it's like, I get a pain in my finger. The next thing I'm like, I'm I'm working the amputation out in my head. Oh, you know, I'm a hypochondriac. I'm, I'm all the, all, all these like crazy little things. So it was a decade more, it was 12 years that we did this. That was so good for me because really got it. I mean, I sweat a lot and I did a lot of things that were not in my comfort zone. I, I truly was afraid of everything and, but I got out there and did it and Now I look back and I, I have no regrets about that because it really, it saved me in a lot of ways. Um, when we started the show, my, um, dad was, he had gotten very sick. And so it was a way for me, number one, to connect with my dad. He would call me as soon as the plate, my plane landed wherever I was in the world, he would be on the phone when we were, picking up our gear in, in luggage. And he would say, um, you know, did you make it okay? What's next and all of that. And after he passed away, I remember, and it was halfway through our our show um, or season, he, uh, the phone didn't ring when we landed and it really, you know, Mm -hmm. stuck with me. Like, wow, that was, you know, that was a deep connection that I had with them because my parents love to travel. And so I got that you know, love of travel and adventure from them. I never take the same drive, even around my house, you know, my neighborhood. I never take the same road twice. I try to take different, try to take different, uh, different, different, you know, and just get out of my, I never go the same way. I, I don't like when things stay the
0: same. It's pretty boring. Mm-hmm. That's a wonderful story and wonderful memories you have of of that experience with your dad. Hmm. Thank you for sharing that. And you know. I'm all about your life, your way. And I, And it's not just the title of my podcast. It's, it's truly what I believe in because I believe, I know that as women, we spend too much of our life being and doing how the rest of the world thinks that we should and how we've learned to think we should. But in what you're saying, you're showing and inspiring other women that it is possible to live your life your way and to get out of that Comfort zone kills me then because it's not comfortable. It's so not comfortable, but get out of that comfort zone. And did you find that when you did and you did something that scared you to death, did you ask yourself after you did it, what's next? If I did that, what else can I do?
1: You know, I just, I kind of just, for me, it was the creative process. And that's what got me to do it because I was always thinking, oh, this'll be great for, you know, a great video, or this'll be great. And so I was always thinking about it in that sense until it got time to actually do what I was supposed to do. And then it was, I had to be in the moment. I mean, there is no way that you can ride a mule and they're huge. I literally, by the time we got down to the bottom of the beach, which, um, took, couple of hours by the time we got down my legs were numb i mean because they're so broad and you're bouncing the entire time so you have to be in the moment you can't you can't drive a nascar you know 100 for me i wasn't very fast i only went 140 everybody else only <laughs> uh, yeah well everybody else on the track at the time were men and they were you know 160 170 i was like the little old lady um driving at you know 140 but I said, you know what? That's fast for me. And I knew I had to get over 100 miles an hour because there's a turn that goes up three stories. And the driver that rides with you, they don't have like controls. You're completely in control. And there's other cars on the track, but you have to go up three stories. And he said, if you don't go at least a hundred miles an hour, there's a chance, you know, the car could flip over. So I knew in my head, but I had to be in the moment. I couldn't be, you know, thinking of something else or doing something else because we could, we could have been killed. Mm -hmm. So a lot, so that's how I learned, you know, to kind of be in the moment. And then once it was over, just kind of relish in the fact that I did it. And then, but I was, it was always the creative process that got me to the, what are we going to do next?
0: Love it. And that was, in fact, that was one of the things I wanted to have you bring up today is because you are such a curious and creative person, how do you find that you still apply that in your day-to-day life and, and in building your future? You are so curious. I yeah, I
1: I, I I am. Oh, another thing that came out of um, COVID for me was uh, I always wanted to be a private investigator. <laughs>
0: This is one of the things that really intrigued me. And I I was really looking forward to sharing.
1: I'm I'm really, really curious. And even when I was a little kid, they always say, look back at the things you did when you were in elementary school, when you were a little kid. And that will kind of show you that was like an early, you know, early pre, you know, prequel to what your life was going to be. There were a couple of things I did one in my neighborhood in elementary school The whole, it was back in the day when everybody knew each other on the block and all the Mm -hmm. kids hung out together, you know, you'd be out at day, you know, at daybreak and in at sunset. And so we were a really, really creative bunch and we would host like shows and I always wanted to be the producer (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I wanted to be the one, you know, because I, I I could just envision what the show would look like and stuff. So that was one thing we did. And um, the other thing I did was I was really good at like solving solving puzzles and problems and and mysteries. And I read the Hardy Boys, and I you know I I I was obsessed with. Back then, we didn't have true crime radio or. Dateline or any of those shows, I had to read the murder magazines, yes, <laughs> which I, I did. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I was young, but I wasn't supposed to, but I did anyway. And so I was, I was kind of obsessed with it. And my parents loved like mystery theater and all that. And so I was really, I loved it. And so when it, the opportunity came to um, take the test to become a private investigator during COVID, I was like, I jumped at it and I uh, really studied and I, I did it. And then I found a company to freelance and work for. So I freelance as a private investigator and I work for a company and they um, under my license, I can't just be rogue and (laughs) work for myself. So I have, I have to work for an agency, which I do, and they'll call me and they'll, you know, send me out on a surveillance or I'll do, you know, research and find somebody or, and I'm pretty good at it. I mean, I'm really surprised that I, I, because I'm really intuitive when it comes to certain things. And it's a matter of being patient and following breadcrumbs. You know, you just have to kind of just follow the breadcrumbs and it's, I'm relentless. That is another thing about that. When you're a private investor, you have to be relentless and you have to kind of just pay attention
0: to the small things because that'll take you to the big things. I find it fascinating. I mean, I, you're the first official private investigator I've ever known. And I did, <laughs> I'm sure you have some stories to share, but um, it's just something that's out of the box. It's different. It's unique. And my whole reason for starting the podcast was to support and inspire women to think out of the box, to be back in touch with their creativity, their curiosity that often gets buried through life and just step out in and live fully and you definitely are doing that and sometimes and you've heard that especially with social media well people always put out their perfect lives their perfect lives and i don't look at it that way i i i love to me it's inspiring to see what another woman is doing and and how she's just enjoying life but your path to everything that you have done and are doing wasn't always easy mm it wasn't all roses and bunnies and all of that. And just everything fell into your lap. Can you share a little bit about how you've had to overcome some obstacles that you're comfortable sharing and how they have actually helped you or what can you share and tell us so that other people can understand that it is possible it, to overcome the tough stuff? There's,
1: there's so many things, I mean, starting from an early age, um, that, I've had to overcome just, I had anxiety as a kid and I don't know why. I mean, so it was something that I've always had like great, a certain amount of anxiety. So no matter what happens in my life, I'm always anxious, good times, bad times, whatever. And I got married when I was very young. I met my first husband when I was 14 years old. I saw him walking down the street with a friend. I was with my cousin and I was like, oh, I'm going to marry him. And because you don't even know him, he just walked by. (laughs) Well, uh, we got to know each other and I I fell madly in love and and married him. And of course, it was short lived. Um, We had a child, um, but it was short lived. And and, you know, you just don't know when you're, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old that, you know, I didn't know who I was, let alone who he was. And he wasn't who I thought he was. <laughs> and one day I came in from work and he was gone and everything in my house was gone. I mean, no money, no anything. And I was devastated because this was a person that I had loved since I was 14 years old. I couldn't even imagine. So um, that was my first real hurdle. Like, how the hell am I going to get through this? I mean, this is I had a great support system in my family. My parents were absolutely amazing and they, um, helped me and helped me with my daughter throughout her life. They were a huge, huge part of her life. Um, then, you know life I I couldn't date for years could you know I was I was single for the majority of her life um, she up until she was 17 years old 16 17 years old when I met my second husband and uh, we got married and of course we've been married for three three decades now um, that's a whole nother story <laughs> <laughs> that's why I do a lot of things because he doesn't like to do a lot of things um, and uh, so you know life, all throughout that time, it wasn't easy. I mean, it wasn't easy, you know, raising a kid when you're a kid yourself and you have no idea. I mean, I have so many regrets. And part of the reason I have so many regrets is in 2014, she, um, was, a uh, died in a car accident and, um, uh, there came a knock at the door. It was, uh, two sheriffs and, you know, that thing, mm-hmm. something is wrong. Can't imagine. And, um, her, her daughter had been at the house with us. And my, with my husband, my mom was there. My dad had died just a couple of years previous. And so my mom was living with us and they told us that your daughter was, um, lost control of a car, went into a lake and she died by drowning. She couldn't get out of the car. And it was, it was devastating. And to have to have, you know, my mom who was so close with her there, and my daughter, uh, my granddaughter, who was only twelve at the time, I mean, I had no time. And I, I just listened to something this morning because when I tell the story now, I'm so matter of fact, and part of that is a wall that I put up because mm-hmm. it's really hard to, you know, to go that deep every time and 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 to feel the feelings. And I always tell everybody, it's every day I think of her. And every day, you know, I'll talk to her in my head and, you know, there, are, I, I cry privately. I dream I'll, sometimes I'll wake up dreaming and I'll be crying because, you know, I just miss her. I miss my mother. I miss my father. And they all died in such uh, close proximity. My mom died seven months after my daughter. So it was really, really a hard time. And so that was like probably the most difficult time of my life and it has been a thread through the remainder of up until now in my life because my husband and I adopted our 12 year old granddaughter. Um, She had an absentee father. And so she, she she just had her ups and downs and that was incredibly difficult. And so it was just struggling to get through that. But what saved me was traveling because I got to pour all my excess energy into my creative project, to traveling, to knocking the things off my bucket list, to, you know, that was what fed my soul. And I remember the first um, trip I did after my daughter died, it was, it was a trip that was planned, it was a work trip. And I had, um, she had died in uh, October, November, and this trip was early December. And we were, uh, um, my best friend went with me and my family had said to me, my mom, my husband, my granddaughters, you know, you gotta go because if you don't go, you're never gonna go again. You just Mm -hmm. have to, and which was so wise of them because they're right, I could have got, you know, I could have fallen apart and never done anything. And my best friend came with me. So she was there to kind of, you know, pick me up and show, you know, so, so I wasn't alone. And the first night we were there, we had dinner with a mother and daughter and we were just chatting. And she said to me, um, one of the mother said to me, how many children do you have? And it was the first time anybody had asked me that since my daughter died and I only had one child and I, I almost could I, I was like um um I didn't know what to say and my friend Lucille was with me and she said um she had she had one and her daughter died you know on November 15th and so through that it was like and they were just mortified that they had it and I was like no I'm so glad I was with you when you asked me, you know, that it was you, you know, and your daughter that are here and that you asked me because somebody was going to ask me someday. And I'm glad it was you that asked me. And I'm glad Lucille was here to answer for me when I couldn't get the words out. So it was kind of like, that was my, that is the one major, and it's such an inconsequential thing. But for me, it was like, mountainous at that moment to have to answer that question to somebody and um so yeah so that that those are the like major things and then seven months later my mom passed away um and we went on from there and it was just kind of like i had my granddaughter to raise So I didn't really have time to think about anything else. It was, you know, you just have to, I, so I focused all my time on her because she was having such a difficult time losing, you know, my, my, my father and my mother and my, her mother all Mm -hmm. within
0: such a short time. It's a lot. That's a lot for Mm -hmm. an adult to take in, let alone a child. Mm -hmm. I, I can't even begin to imagine what she was feeling and going through. Oh, it was awful awful. And it's grief is, uh, you know, creed, creed. Um, Mm -hmm. We were talking about grief and I have another friend, Tanya, who is a grief specialist and it's something that we don't talk enough about. It's easy, easier to just push it under the rug, but it's something that really does need to come to the forefront because not everyone you had support and you found a way to bring yourself through. And my experience, I know best friends, my best friend is she's still my rock today. And I don't know if I would have gotten through everything without her, but finding a way to get through, not only saves, you know, we have a choice to make, we reach a point where do we want to stay in the darkness or do we want to come back into the light Mm -hmm. and um, move on? And sometimes it can feel guilty moving on. Sometimes, you know, there's just so much around it and people will say, oh, you know, you're still grieving or how, you know, when are you going to, there's no time. You never get time element. No, it's just something that just becomes part of you. And Mm -hmm. you have to honor that
1: Mm -hmm.
0: for what it is.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, like I said, there's not a day goes by that I don't, I I don't think of them, you know, think of my family Mm -hmm. that I've lost. And, um, but you know, I just, I just know that by sitting around and doing nothing, I'm not helping the situation. You know, my daughter had two children at the time when she passed away, two children that I knew about. Mm -hmm. And, um, then recently, just recently, um, in the last few years, I found out that she had a son that she gave up for adoption that I didn't know about. So Yeah. So things work in mysterious ways. I mean, there's yet another piece of her that I didn't know was there and it was shocking to me, but it was the best shock ever, you know, that, that I, that he found me, it was my grandson found me. So.
0: So apparently he has a little bit of that Sherlock Holmes too. (laughs) No,
1: no. (laughs) No, I had done a story. Um, back in, uh, during midlife road trip days about, um, DNA and, tr- uh, finding your past and traveling based on your DNA and what, where your, you know, your ancestors come from. So we did, uh, Rick and I, uh, for the show, we did our DNA and I, I wrote the story about, Oh, I want to go here. And this is where my ancestors are. And so I told a little bit of a story about that and forgot about it. Five years passed. I get an email from a young man said, Hey, my name is Will. And, um, I just did my DNA and I got the results and it says you and I are related. And I said, Oh my God, that's so exciting. <laughs> and he said, yeah, I think you're my grandmother. And I'm like, what? And I was like, there's no way I said. And I told him the story that I had uh, a daughter and she had, um, two daughters, but she passed away in 2014 and, um, I never knew that, you know, I wasn't aware of it, nor was anybody in my family. So we're probably related by a cousin or something. And I made a call to a good friend of hers that um, had known her, her her entire adult life and said, did she ever mention giving a child away for adoption? And uh, Chris said, yeah, Um, I was wondering how long it would take someone to find out and i was shocked i mean i i nobody in my family knew no not my my husband not my uh nobody and so i couldn't imagine how this happened and how i didn't know so there once again more guilt you know i was I, i'm a, as i tell people i'm a recovering catholic with the guilt and the shame and I'm that's so relate that. to that yeah you know so i mean oh more guilt how could how could i as a parent not know that my daughter was pregnant and you know she wasn't a kid kid she was in her early 20s and I, but how did i not know and you know how did nobody in the family know but we didn't and she did a very good job of not letting anybody know exactly. it was her choice yeah. and um it was her wish and he was adopted by an amazing amazing mom. She is just the most incredible person ever. She's become one of my dearest and best friends. I love her so much. And she has always been very um, respectful and honorable of uh, Crystal, my daughter and um, her daughters, and we've spent holidays together, and she and I traveled to Iceland together, and oh. we just had, yeah, I just, I love her, and I and I love the fact that um, my grandson had an amazing life, that, he, you know, my daughter did an amazing thing by, find, you know, giving him to a family that gave him such an incredible life, That's and it thing. was, yeah. And so we're all very close. I mean, every, you know, they're just, it was like, we never missed a beat. Hmm. Never, ever.
0: Well, that's wonderful. And you keep in touch today as far as your grandson and. Oh yeah. You, my you're, granddaughter. I mean, are you close to where? Um, no, he lives.
1: Um, he lives in New York city and my other granddaughter moved up to live with him this year in oh. New York city. So brother and sister living to the, together for the first time in their lives. <laughs> Nice. I don't know if that's good or
0: bad, you know, but <laughs> well, they'll learn about each other great, and they'll find their way. <laughs>
1: yeah. It was a, it was a great opportunity. So I, I go up uh, to New York. So, cause I grew up there several times a year to visit, but his mom lives down here 20 minutes from me. So I see her regularly.
0: Good.
1: Yeah. So well, you
0: and I were talking about something um, before we actually hit record. And if you don't mind, I, I just, I just love it. And I reason I would love to have you mention it is because you is the reason why you started doing it. It's not that you're a cranky person, but you have this, you pop into social media and you have what's called the cranky carpooler. And I have, as well as many others, have found it to be just relatable, but funny. And we don't laugh enough. And it just makes me laugh when I see those on my feed. Why did you start the cracky, cranky carpooler?
1: It was out of frustration. <laughs> uh, my granddaughter was not one to get up easily in the morning to go to school. And it was it was a daily struggle. I mean, it was the anxiety that, <laughs> that I, it was just I mean, bribes, nothing worked, nothing worked. So I would drop her off at, at school and then on the way home. I would just turn on my phone and I would relive the experience and just say, you know, oh my God, these kids, they, they, you know, they're getting out of the family van. It looks like a clown car, you know, and why do they have to put their backpacks way in the back? Why can't they just keep them on their back and they're holding up traffic and I got things to do. And so I would just ramble on about this and people would just, it would resonate with, because I was not the only one sitting in the carpool that morning that, you know, got really upset about the the fact that, you know, it's like nobody has common sense anymore. Or one day I was, and then it, then it kind of grew into other things. One day my, it was a, it was a year my husband became obsessed with gardening. And I mean, he would call me in the afternoon and say, could you go out and water the peonies? And I've been like, this is your project. And then one day I see him outside and it's raining and he's standing over his plants with a big golf umbrella because he doesn't want <laughs> them to get to. And I'm like, this is absurd. Oh, that's, I can just so, picture that. Yeah, I, I actually did take a picture and it was and it was in a cranky corpool So I would tell stories like that. Like, this is just, you know, these are the things that I'm like, really? Like, that's craziness.
0: Absolutely but you found crazy. it to be therapeutic.
1: Oh, it was absolutely my therapy. <laughs> it was to this day. It's my therapy. The other day, I was at Costco, and the lady before me put her in the, the shopping yeah, cart. <laughs> yeah, shopping carts, the or wagons or buggies. Buggies. You, you put it in the little return slots, and she just put hers in a skew, and it just it it mucked up the whole process. And so, and it's hot out and I'm, and I'm just like, not in the mood for this, but I had to rearrange because she just decided she was in a hurry to get in the AC. And I was like, this is not fair. So that was another ramble. So I'll find things that are happening in my day-to-day life that just, you know, I find absurd <laughs> and then I just <laughs> turn on my phone and I make a little, you know, tick tock or whatever about it, and then go on with my day. And I feel good about it.
0: Well, I appreciate it. And I know the rest of us that, because there's many of us that when we see you get on, listen in or come back and catch the replay. And we've asked, you know, where can we subscribe to the Cranky Carpooler? Because I'm thinking
1: of doing a, a podcast with the Cranky Carpooler shorts, you know, just where someone can turn, you know, send me, send me your complaint. <laughs> you know, I'm going to hear what, what's bugging you today.
0: Just get it off your chest. Yeah. <laughs> what, um, What does your life your way what does that mean to you well uh gosh i just always
1: kind of done things my way i went well i should say the second half the the second chapter here or third i'm going i'm like going into the last leg so i don't know who i'm kidding oh yeah i'm in midlife oh that that you know (laughs) it's the new midlife (laughs) yeah that yeah so i like to fool myself into thinking that but um the first, the first half of my life was really trying to please everybody else, not feeling good enough to fit in, not um, always thinking there was something better. I mean, I think that was my biggest fault in my youth was that, you know, there was always something better. There was a better family. They were having better times than my family, or, you know, there was something better in school or, you know, everything was never good enough or never, I was never good enough. And it, but there was always something better. So I spent a good portion of my life just knowing there was something else that what I had wasn't, wasn't it. And then I got to, you know, midlife and we did the show, we did midlife road trip and won all kinds of awards and we traveled. And I mean, it was just amazing. And I realized, you know what? This is it. I mean, this is it. And so my life, my way is enjoying every minute, whether it's complaining into my phone and, you know, just, uh, you know, talking about the absurdities. And, but it's, but I, and I enjoy doing it because it's a creative process for me. Uh, It's whether it's spending time like one on one with somebody and really connecting, it's also now self care for me because that's (gasps) Mm -hmm. something. I didn't do for a long, long time and just kind of would, you know, just not worry about things like that. But now this month, especially, I started, I go to a salt room and I do, um, I I do an infrared sauna and I go to a a stretch, um, a stretch class and I take, um, I get a massage and I do all these amazing things that I would have never done in my youth. So while, and then, you know, I go in a salt room and I just meditate and it feels wonderful. It feels wonderful. And that's what it, you know, that's what it is to me. It's just you know, taking time for myself
0: and just being in the moment. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. It is definitely something that, you know, being in the moment, it's, it's can be hard to do. It's a practice. Everything is a practice, but I do appreciate your sharing that love the salt cave myself. So I do appreciate that. And is there any last minute point you'd like to make? If not also, in, if there is, but also include where might people be able to reach out and connect with you?
1: Um, They can go to unforgettableconversations.com. And that has all my contact or Sandy McKenna, S-A-N-D-I-M-C-K-E-N-N-A on all the
0: socials at Sandy McKenna. And please go and check out her cranky carpooler. It's, it's if you haven't laughed and you need a laugh, go and check it out. And her, co- her uh, podcast, Unforgettable Conversations and keep a watch for the Another Great Place, which I will definitely be looking for myself. Thank you, Kathleen. Thank you so much for being with me here today and for sharing your journey and the ups and downs and the joys and the hardships. I appreciate it. And I'm sure it's going to be, you know, if it's inspirational to one person, that's the blessing of the day. Thank you so much. Thank you. So did today's episode spark some creative, curious thinking of your own? Might there be a, I don't know, a Sherlock Holmes deep inside you somewhere or some other very interesting character, strength, opportunity? Remember, you do have a lot of strengths. We just need to, we all do, and we just need to uncover them and really put them to good use. We were blessed with them for a reason, and yours are there as well. Did you have any unique takeaways? If you did, and if you found that these unique uh, takeaways or inspirations that you found might serve someone else. My intention and and goal is to help as many women as possible to, you know, find life their way, living on their terms. So if you can share this, I would greatly appreciate it. If you find it in your heart, if you listen on Apple, if you would be so kind as to give me a review and maybe five stars, It really does help build the podcast, and the more people, the more listeners I have, the more people that share, the more women we can help and serve, and that is the ultimate goal. So again, I thank you so much for being here. If you would like to have me cover any particular topics that we've not yet, please feel free to email me at kmyourlifeyourway at gmail.com. If there's anything in particular you'd like to discuss about you know, finding your path and what opportunities might be available for you. If you're strictly, you know, at this point thinking, I just need to release stress. I'm just, I'm just struggling each day with stress. That's something we can absolutely talk about as well. So please feel free to email me at KMYourLifeYourWay at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram, catmcd 99 And of course, I am on Facebook, Kathleen McDermott, KMYourLifeYourWay. Or personal page is just me, Kathleen McDermott. I wish you nothing but the best today. So many blessings, so much in joy and peace, and as the least amount of stress as possible. Thank you so much for being here. Have a wonderful day.